G'day legends and welcome to Your Life of Impact, where we connect with world-class athletes and coaches, health experts and enthusiasts, inspiring entrepreneurs and community leaders, all to teach you how to tap into your inner excellence. I'm your host, Brett Robbo, and I'm extremely grateful you're joining us today on Your Impactful Journey. Bob Doyle is a brain rewirer. Let me say that again, a brain rewirer. That's a pretty cool title. He's also a law of attraction expert, a trainer, and a coach. So Bob is best known for his contribution to the film and the book, The Secret, as a law of attraction expert. But as you'll find out, he's been teaching these principles through programs, live events, podcasts, live streams, coaching, writing, and even virtual reality since 1998, and things have changed around that law of attraction expertise. He's driven by passion for creative self-expression, and his work is heavily focused on helping people decide whom they want to be and how they want to express themselves. So in Australia, we would be saying, What are you after? What are you going to do about it? (laughs) Recently, Bob's attention has shifted from the metaphysical aspects of the law of attraction or the quote-unquote reality creation process to a more grounded and biological look at what controls our experiences, our brain. I absolutely love this chat with Bob. As you long-time listeners know, I love exploring different elements of how we operate as humans why our mind and brain works the way it does, why we make choices, why we block ourselves from experiences. And Bob has a really great perspective on this from decades of experience in this space. So in this episode, we discuss how the meaning you are giving to situations is really creating your reality. We talk about how to rewire your brain for success, why you might be stuck in certain areas of your life and how to bridge the gap between where you are and where you want to be. And Bob talks about a quiz that he has created that comes up with four elements of personality types. It's not your standard kind of personality type quiz. It's, it's quite cool, but it allows you, it gives you a base standpoint. It's the transformation personality type quiz that allows you to understand where you're at. It's the starting point to respond to life on that you're currently responding to life on autopilot. And from this space with one of these four areas that you will find yourself in, one of these types that you will find yourself in, from that, he gives us tools and strategies to allow us to shift and put ourselves on the trajectory towards that version of who we really want to be. So, Bob is a genuine legend. We connected well before the chat and offline after the chat. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode with him, especially because he has an amazing voice for radio. You're really going to love hearing his voice. You can find Bob online at meetbobdoyle.com 
and you'll hear him talk about the quiz, tptquiz.com. So, he's actually going to ask you to pause during this episode and take that quiz. So, if you want to do that before this starts, you can go to tptquiz.com. It takes 60 seconds and you can then get one of these four personality types and that will help you sort of connect the dots a little bit more to what Bob and I are talking about. If you like this episode or any of the other episodes and you're getting value from them, I would be extremely grateful if you could subscribe to the show, share it around with everyone you know, and jump onto the platform that you're listening to it, either iTunes or Apple Podcasts, and give it that five-star rating and review so we can keep attracting some really great guests like Bob the Legend that you're about to listen to and other amazing people that can help you take aligned action in your life for better results and for allow, to allow you to live your vision. Okay, now let's hear from the legend himself, Bob Doyle. So, Bob, you're most well known about the law of attraction. For many years, you had been working in that space and you're on the very famous movie called The Secret. But you've had a bit of a shift away from that over pre- the however many years. I'd love to hear you talk about why the shift away from the law of attraction? So the shift is actually putting focus on teaching the ins and outs of the law of attraction at, or using the, the the law of attraction to transform your life in a permanent way. The reason that I, I shifted is because after 20 years of teaching this stuff, I'm seeing the same thing all over, not just with the people I reach, but this, this the whole community is that people are so freaking obsessed with understanding the ins and outs of the law of attraction. Am I doing it right? Well, what about this? What about that? That they're not focusing on what's really important, which is their own personal transformation. It's through them. It's through transforming themselves that they will get external results. That's how the manifesting takes place. Nothing is going to manifest in your life. That's different, significantly different than what you're doing now. If you don't become a different person, and we can talk about that on many levels, energetically, but, but just practically. So I've always approached my work as practically as possible. But I think that the reason that, you know, I was chosen to be one of the people in the secret was sort of a, because I, I looked at this potentially woo woo subject on as practical level as I could, but I still have spent 20 years talking about energy and vibration and all this stuff, which I think is really cool. And I needed to understand that to have my own personal shifts. And I think because understanding it or getting it helped me to have results with it, I figured, okay, well then that's the answer for everybody. But then I'm seeing, and it's not just me, it's everybody is all caught up on, I mean, there's so many law of attraction courses. It's it's like selling gravity courses. I'm not sure how to drop this glass properly. So I should read every book on it and watch a ton of movies and take this and that course. It's just going to happen if you let go of the glass and the law of attraction and things you want to attract in your life are going to happen as a result of you being someone different, slightly different or significantly different than who you're being now so that you can get different results. So it came down to this question, which was the major shift is where does reality creation really happen? And I think in the law of attraction community, you might get answers like, well, as soon as I visualize it, or as soon as I put it on the vision board, whatever, but, but reality for you or me or anyone isn't created until the moment that you give meaning to that moment. Do I like it? Is this what I wanted? Am I angry, happy? What is it? What's the, this is, you have this whole flood of emotions and it's all based on the meaning 
that you are giving this moment consciously, unconsciously, all of it. And it just happens like that, you know, but all of that meaning is created based on how you have been literally wired or programmed throughout the course of your life. That's, you know, you were programmed with your belief systems, your values, all of these things. When you didn't know how to say no to information, it was just in there. So comes down to I'm realizing that personal transformation is only going to happen and last if your brain is actually rewired. It's one thing to get a jolt and be excited and go and coast on good feelings. But if you rewire it, then it becomes permanent and things become as effortless to do in a better way than they are right now. So that's the general reason I shifted this because number one, it's a lot easier to explain to people that you can change your brain than the all the ins and outs about vibration and energy and resistance and all of that stuff. So, and and I'm finding just personally, since I've been teaching this this way, people can get a result in a day. They can, they can have a significant shift just by noticing their autopilot wiring. As opposed to, hey, three weeks later, I've been visioning getting a cup of coffee and I finally manifested it. So that's it in a nutshell. I just want faster results in a more practical conversation. Oh, that sounds like my jam and everyone listening would want that as well. Before we talk about what rewiring actually is and how you do it, I want to focus on this meaning aspect. So we we have an experience, uh, mm. say, for example, um, we almost get hit by a car. We're crossing the road and we almost get hit by a car and we step back in a and uh, we're, you know, we're a bit shocked and so we might be a little bit scared. And then we finally cross the road. That instance there, we're giving that a meaning. Are you saying we give it consciously and subconsciously a meaning in that moment, whether we realize it or not? We might say, oh, that was a close call. And then we keep going. But a week right. later, we might realize, I don't want to cross the road. I'm a, we hesitate a little bit because the meaning we've given it is all roads are dangerous as a really surface level example. Correct. That's one interpretation a person could make in that moment based on their wiring. Another one could be blame the situation on somebody else. I was just walking and this guy whipped around the corner and what solidifies for that person has nothing to do with danger or anything. It's just that people are idiots, mm. right? So it's, and, 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 he, and that is going to be his automatic response based on how he was raised to think about people and reactions and fairness. And it's all, all of this. So it just depends on the mindset of the person and how they're wired is. But yes, you're going, that is one way. There's infinite ways to make meaning. And that's really the point of my work now is that we're so on autopilot with our meanings. And sometimes those meanings absolutely do not serve us. But guess what? Those meanings that we think are true because it's our wiring, they aren't true at all. It's only our wiring. And the person down the street could look at the exact same situation, make a completely different meaning out of it. So who's right? Nobody. It's all interpretation based on your wiring. So there's so, no right or wrong. It's just the meaning that the people give to the situation. So another example that comes up for me, a lot of people listening would experience what Dr. Michael Gervais, one of the world's best sports psychologists, he's termed it as FOPO, so fear of people's opinions. And we create these this fear. It's not even the opinions itself. It's the fear of the opinions or we create this false judgment. So we might be walking past someone and they give us a bit of a weird look and, and we think, oh my God, they don't like the way I look. They're so judgmental. I'm not good enough. Whereas that person might've, uh, you know, trodden some dog poo and they remembered, oh my God, I got dog poo in, uh, on my foot and I just felt that. Or they, they smelt something go past and what they, the look that the other person received, they gave it that, that meaning in that moment and it just right. filters through. So someone like myself, for example, if someone looked at me like that, I wouldn't feel judged. I wouldn't fe be 
care about what they say about me, but someone else might feel very judged and feel that that fear of the opinion and feel like I'm not good enough and go straight into that really disempowering mindset. Yes. And it could be for a lot of reasons. It could be the look that person could look like a person who had some sort of, mm. you know, impact in their life. It's the, it could be a smell. It is so subtle and nuanced how we do this. It's, it's just crazy. And it's all automatic. We don't consciously do it, but the, but the key here is to get conscious, to get conscious about your autopilot decisions, particularly the ones that you know, aren't moving you forward in the direction that you want to go. Because just as you learned your current autopilot responses, you can create new ones, but it takes persistence and it takes, it takes the same consistency with which you currently unconsciously feed the same limiting beliefs, the same conversation 24 seven. It takes that kind of consistency to override that. And so it's, that's why it's not it, transformation isn't necessarily for the faint of heart. And it's why the failure rate is so high in personal development, because once you get up against your wiring, it's really, really easy to, to want to bail because for all, you, you will have all the logical reasons and evidence in the world why you shouldn't go forward. Okay. So let's talk about the wiring then. So what do you mean when you say wiring and how do we rewire? So our brains, you know, are, we have neural pathways that are created as we have experiences in our lives. And these hold our knowledge, they hold our experience and so on. And it's how we make meaning. So as we are, as we, from zero to seven, our brain is wide open. It's the most plastic our brain can be. Our brains are very plastic. It's a term called neuroplasticity. It's our ability. And it's, it's the basis of all of this work is that our brain has the ability to change. It's how we learn anything and retain anything because we change the structure of our brains. We grow these neural pathways and it's there. And the more thought and attention we put onto the things that are in, you know, that are associated with these neural pathways, they get stronger and bigger. And the network is very complex. But if we ignore certain pathways, if we stop having certain thoughts over and over and over again, those neural pathways will actually wither on the vine and not have that impact that they have on your decision making now. So if you want to rewire, you first have to understand how you're wired now. It'll make it a whole lot easier when you can recognize your autopilot behavior. And that's why everybody I work with, we put them through, a, we have a quiz. It's, a, it's our transformation personality type quiz. It takes them 60 seconds. And then at the end of that, they know what type they are when it comes to personal transformation. This is not DISC or any other of the, you, this is Bob Doyle created this test based on 20 years of doing this so that I could help people identify their autopilot behavior. Now, can we, invite can we anybody, hear that? Pardon? Can we hear that quiz? Can we, can we, yes, I would love everybody names? to, yes, everybody who's watching can take the quiz in 60 seconds while we're talking. It's, it doesn't take hardly any time and you just go to tptquiz.com and it's just, you know, click this, click this, answer quick questions. It's basically multiple choice. It'll take you a minute. Mm -hmm. But at the end of that, you're going to know what type you are. And then, you know, Brett and I can talk about those types and then you can hear, okay, that's me. And yes, that is the behavior I do. And yes, I can see how this would stop me from successfully rewiring. So what do I do now? And that's the type of information you'll get at the end of the quiz. We have a little document there. It says, this is what, this is this type. And here's what you can do about it because there's nothing wrong with any of these types. It's just that each of them have a trait or two that tend to make them stop before they've completed any sort of permanent rewiring. And so again, understanding how you operate on an autopilot level helps you to become aware in the moment when you're doing it. 
And if you've prepared yourself the way that I help people prepare themselves, then they'll know what to do in that moment that will then start a new rewiring process, a new behavior to enact in that moment instead of the old one, which will, of course, then get different results out in the real world. It's all very practical. There's no woo-woo about it. You don't have to think about vibration or alignment or resistance or any of that stuff. Although resistance will show up as you begin to rewire. And resistance is like this uncomfortable feeling, the I don't know if I can do this, all of those, all of that noise. And and for most people, that's a that's when they stop. It's just too uncomfortable. So they quit. And it's actually a moment to be celebrated. When you feel that discomfort, it means you've reached that limit and that now it's time to grow. People forget that, yeah, people forget that walking was uncomfortable, talking, reading, everything worth doing and learning. We had to go through this level of discomfort as we weren't familiar with it, as these neural pathways grew. So there are some things in our life that we don't even think about that. We just know that failure slash feedback is a part of it and we're going to do it until we do it. Why? Because we've deemed those things as non-negotiable. And sometimes our personal transformation is way too negotiable. Mm. And so it's easy to quit. Mm -hmm. So what are you suggesting now that people go to tptquiz.com and so they can pause this for a minute and they can go and do that quiz and then come back to it and, and hear what we have to say. So for anyone watching or listening to this, they can pause, go to tptquiz.com, do that 60 second quiz. And I would love to hear you unpack it then and uh, talk to us more about that. Awesome. Well, we can just get into it, assuming that they have paused and come back. If you'd like, we can yes. just kind of briefly go through the, 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 the types. And I will just say that no one has ever told me, no, you were way off. It's almost always dead on. And so, I mean, I mean, I've so far, it's always dead on. I'm just leaving room for, okay, maybe one day we'll miss. But so, and I think that as we talk about this, people will definitely be nodding their heads. So there's four main types And the number one type that most people are that come through my world is the seeker. And the seeker is someone who is committed to personal transformation, very excited about getting to the next level, et cetera. In fact, they are so excited that they try absolutely everything that comes across their desk and people tell them about or comes in their email or whatever. And maybe not it's everything, but it's a lot of things. They start down one program or path or philosophy And then they see another one that seems a little easier, seems a little quicker. Maybe that guy's more famous. And so they go, oh, okay, well, I'm going to go try this one now. And so any rewiring, anything that they have started here now, you're not going to put any attention to that because sometimes these approaches are very different. They have you go back to square one and all kinds of stuff. And so you're just going to be very fragmented. And this is by the time people come to me and they're in their 40s or whatever, and they've, they've been committed to personal development, they, they, they fall into this. They've tried a zillion things. They say nothing works. They've tried everything. The problem is they probably didn't complete and stick with it long enough, the principles long enough to create the wire. And they forget mm. that there's biology here. It's, there's nothing magic about completing a program. Your brain still has to change, which means you still, and you don't know exactly how long it's going to take, but you have to be consistent if you're going to see that change. Are you talking so, about habit change there with the wiring? So they might start something and, and they might learn something new, but they don't necessarily develop a habit from that. So when they say nothing works, it's because they've learned a philosophy, but like that saying that knowledge isn't power, applied knowledge is power. So it's the consistency of doing the actions required that will then rewire the the brain. Yes. And it takes, you know, the, the number is 
varies depending on where you read, but we, you know, we go with 45 days and that's not 45 days that you are a part of a program. It's 45 days that you're doing the program, doing the things all throughout the day so that the rewiring can actually hold. And that's why people fail because they need way more support than they've got just on their own. If they're trying to be their own coach and their own support system, it's almost impossible because of their wiring. They're going to reach their limit of what they think is possible for themselves, what they see, what even is the biggest thing. They need help reframing situations where they're stuck making it mean this one thing. Mm. And that's the problem is people just think of themselves as, well, I'm just going to take this program by myself and, and I'm going to transform. And the odds are so stacked against you. And, and again, this is based on 20 years of experience. And I spent the first part of my career, you know, marketing a do-it-yourself law of attraction program, which I thought was awesome because there was so much information. And then I realize now that, wow, that's so that's just more information for them to obsess about and try to figure out that has nothing to do with what they truly want in their life. Okay. So for me, it's just like, throw that all out. So anyway, that's the seeker. Talked a little long on that one, but it's a big one. There's never too long to talk. All right, the seeker. What's number two? Well, we you mentioned it a minute ago as fear of people's opinions. The, the, the other one that's really tough and it's real, there's a lot of emotion is the people pleaser. Mm. And you can probably extrapolate it, again. They're a person who is committed to their, or at least very inspired to get to the next level of their life. They've, they've seen a movie, they've read a book, whatever, something inspired them. And they said, no more of this. I want that. I'm going to go bigger. But as soon as they start to demonstrate that bigness or communicate it or whatever, they start getting feedback from mom or spouse or coworkers. And it could be a look, it could be an outright, you can't do that. It can be all sorts, whatever, but, but it's not positive. So instead of just moving forward, what do they do? A people pleaser will compromise really what comes down to their entire life experience so that mom is more comfortable or so that uncle Bill doesn't give me that look. And it really is committing on some level, some sort of soul suicide, because you just decide my goals, my dreams are not important enough. It's more important that they're comfortable. Guess what? They're not comfortable. If they were comfortable, they wouldn't be telling you how you can't live your life. Mm -hmm. So it's an illusion and you don't serve anybody by being a people pleaser to that regard. The best thing you can possibly do is go for it and get it. Then at least there's a possibility that these people will be inspired and see that it's possible and have the, an awakening of their own. If you just sit there and please them and don't make the move, don't start the business, don't end the relationship, whatever, you've sentenced yourself. This is the one life you get. And no matter how uncomfortable that transition is going to be as, you, as the relationships with people pleasers evolve, it's not like you're not going to have anybody. You're going to have new people who, who are inspired by you, who lift you up, who don't keep you down, because that's what's going to be consistent with who you're being out in the world. And so you'll be able to please all those people just fine, just by being you. Does that come down to having that deeper awareness of why you do what you do? So if people identify uh, their deeper why and it comes down to, well, actually it's to to make my, you know, my mum or my dad finally approve of me because he's never approved of me. And if that's the reason they're doing it, then they might get to that end goal and dad still doesn't approve or mum doesn't approve. 
then they're still going to be dissatisfied. So it's really that understanding of that root cause. And this comes down to, I guess, that meaning that we we're talking about earlier. And I, if we can identify that and then say, okay, if that's why you're doing what you're doing and the meaning you're giving behind your work or your choices is to please someone else in the hope that you will gain significance from that, right. then this is where we need to do the work to reframe that to ensure like what is it at your soul level? What is it that you truly want? If that person was out of the equation, why would you do what you're doing? That's exactly right. And that's the kind of thing we chip away at as you go through this process and start observing your behaviors and asking yourself, what is driving this? You don't have to be a freaking psychoanalyst or anything like that. A lot of this is just intuition. Intuition mm -hmm. is just what, what has occurred to you? If you have an idea that it's something, explore it. We teach you all of that stuff. So, I mean, it's not, it, again, let's, let's try to remember that we're born to create. We're here to be an effortlessly creating machine. It, this whole thing of us having to learn how to do this is whacked, but it's because we got off path. You know, we, we learned limiting beliefs, but we're born with a brain that is capable of just about anything. If we are committed and are willing to take the time and do the stuff, take the action, we can wire this thing to have us do just about anything we can possibly imagine, but we have to be consistent with it. But somewhere we learned that that's not right. We get, you know, so we've got these challenges built in by the time we wake up to the fact that, oh my God, we've got a reality creation machine right here. But boy, I've got a lot of wiring I got to work through to make this work the way I want. And that's what the work is about. Okay. Okay. So people, please. People, please. I think, yes, please. I was going to ask, but I think I know what part of your answer would be is why are people people pleasers? And I, I think it's different for everyone. Is there a main common theme that comes through with you that you see that why people are people pleasers? Is it lack of awareness? Is it? I, I think. I think it's, I think if I just had to, and you're right, there's lots of reasons people are that, but I think it comes down to some sort of worthiness issue, mm. you know, like they, they want to be valued by these people, these people, it means something. And if they don't have that, then they're not, they're not validated. Mm. So it's a worth issue. The whole worth and deserving thing is something we bust up immediately. Mm -hmm. There's none of that. There, you don't have to deserve any of this. We are an extension of this energetic ocean of energy called the universe. And we are here so that the universe can experience itself in the physical and have these emotional experience and create reality that gives us this emotional and chemical rush and all of this. This is a miracle, this body we have, including the brain and our reality to create our experience and the universe of which we are a part, not separate. You know, it's just that we're like the feelers of the universe. So of course it wants what we want. We were instilled with these desires that are unique to us. Why would we have those when we have everything we have to, to, to create? Of course we're here to do it. You don't have to deserve it. It's your, just your birthright to create it. Okay. People pleaser. Uh, next would be the uh, skeptic. And that is what I would have tested to be back then. And again, I, of course I, you want to be the best you, you can be, you, you want personal development is, or, you know, having those types of, uh, of results in your life and that kind of change is something that you want, but I don't know, you know, maybe it, there's a, lots of reasons a person becomes a skeptic. Sometimes it's because they've been burned several times. That, that may have been what it was for me, but the point is that the skeptic, when it gets right down to it, will look at a new opportunity for growth or, or anything. And the first question that a skeptic, a person who labels themselves as such, because there's nothing wrong with being skeptical about things it stops you from doing really dumb things sometimes, but it can also stop you from doing things that will change your life in a positive way because a wired skeptic always the, even if it's not conscious, the first question is why won't this work for me? Mm. 
And of course, if those are the questions you ask, those are the answers you, you will get. Mm. And that's an um, underlying problem with people in general is they're asking the wrong questions and wondering why they keep getting all these crappy answers. So a better question so, to that would be, how can this work for me as opposed yes. to why won't this work for me? How can this work for me? That is the cure to the skeptic dilemma there is asking that question instead. How can this work for me? Use that analytical brain, that logical brain that you use to disprove something and use it to prove something in your favor. You know, a lot of times skeptics will see all these results with other people and just immediately they're wiring, well, that's probably not true, or they're making that up, or that won't work for me. But again, to them, they don't think about it as a conscious act to be negative about stuff. It's just who they are. It's how they think thought should be done anyway. And it's to them, a, a real skeptic wonders why other people just so blindly go do things. You know, it's like, how can you just be spontaneous? Don't you have to doubt it first? I mean, that's what's logical. And that's that's the thing. It's all about this lens through which we see the world that is our wiring and how differently it occurs between people. Is there a difference so, yes. between risk analysis and being a skeptic? Well, I think the skeptic is the way that we're talking about it is an automatic response. There's no analysis. Okay. So that's their automatic wiring that they are yes. skeptic as opposed to being open-minded. They right. will throw judgment at a comment or a situation. The meaning that they give to that situation instantaneously is skepticism. As right. Like they to, might hear, oh, they so might hear law of attraction and yep. go, oh, yes. you know, and just okay. under anything you say after that, they're not going to hear. Mm -hmm. Which is and, and, and unfortunately, that's a real truth. And so it is one of the reasons I'm talking on this level to, I think, a different group of people, although the people who I've been talking to for a long time, the law of attraction, dare I say, woo woo folks are definitely getting this. Mm -hmm. I mean, because it's not it's impossible not. It's so logical, which just appeals to oh, all my wiring loves it that I don't have to debate anything anymore. You know, there's and I never really did take the time to debate law of attraction. It was exhausting you know, because everybody's got all their different opinions, but all I'm saying is the brain can change. You can't debate me on that. Mm, yeah. Well said on that skeptic skepticism. Uh, how does it work for us in a good way? Because I'm a massive fan of the book, the four agreements, and then the, uh, the fifth agreement came out and that's to, to be skeptical and to in alignment with that, to actively listen, like, you know, increase your um, active listening skills. I didn't, I've never liked the word skepticism. I've probably been the opposite. I'm the most optimistic person, the most open-minded person and skepticism uh, just, it doesn't make sense to me. But when I read the fifth agreement, I thought, okay, so that's a different way to look at it. So in your perspective, how can skepticism and being a skeptic work for us? Or is it just well, when it's bad, if it's that automatic response and we're not open to explore? I think there's a big difference between skepticism and being a skeptic, certainly in the way that we're talking about, mm. you know, again, the, the skepticism, uh, a skeptic like I'm talking about will will not do the risk analysis, doesn't do the and they may later, but their immediate response is no. Right. This isn't going to work. Mm -hmm. And now let me just find now let me do the analysis to show you why. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, to be skeptical about something, I think, you know, now I think I'm, I'm somewhat of a reformed skeptic, but that is in there. And it's just a sort of intuitive maybe I should look at this a little closer. Like, you know, if, if I'm skeptical that, um, uh, I mean, just think of any, any sort of extreme sport, like, 
you can do this. You won't get hurt or whatever. I'll, I'll guide you through it. No problem. You know, whatever, just a situation like that. I would be skeptical that, you know, something wouldn't happen to me. It's not in their control, whatever. And I think that I would avoid that situation and it would do me good because I would be totally anxious and it would probably cause an accident or whatever. So I think that there are plenty of, 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 um, situations in the day where we should be, especially now with so much ridiculous, like varying degrees of information, misinformation, all that. I mean, it's unfortunately it's wiring people to be skeptical about everything. Mm. Now we're going to create a whole society of people who who don't believe anything, Mm. can't trust anything they read or anything. And, And that is that, and this is we're talking about we're we're in a time now where there's a lot of emotion tied around that too. Mm. So we're just going to have a very strong wiring around trust and all of that. So that we're 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 breeding a lot more skeptics now, but it's still just wiring. Mm-hmm. Yes, very well said. All right. So what's number four? All right. Last one is the wizard, and the wizard I also have been in my tribe, and I think I would be skeptic slash wizard, which is it seems like a weird juxtaposition. But the, but the wizard tends to drift towards magical thinking, like, oh, if I just do this thing, if I do a vision board, if I visualize, if I whatever, then it will happen without any real action on my part, like going out there and being somebody different so that I can get a different result. And so wizards tend to be very ritualistic and all of that stuff. And all of that is great if it, if if it moves you into action in alignment with the person you want to be. So if the vision board moves you into action, if your rituals, if your visualization, if your meditation moves you into action that is in alignment with the person you want to be, please keep doing it and be a wizard all you want. But if all you're doing is those things and you're wondering why it's taking so long, I just want to say that you can still work your wizardry to your benefit, but you just have to do the second part. Like, when you visualize all these things happening to you or getting all these things, who are you being? Not what's happening to you, what is, not what's coming to you. Who are you being in that vision? And, and what is the gap between who you're being now and that person? And believe me, there is one because otherwise you'd be being that person and having these things now. And then what's the action you're going to take to be with, to be that version? Right. Well, that's that's all part of our process of visualizing that and learning what that is, because you may not know right right away. I mean, it, it's something that you get to decide. One of the, the things I'm up, I shouldn't say I'm up against it, but there is this whole conversation around spending years trying to figure out who you're supposed to be. Who am I here to be? What is my purpose? And I'm here to say you get to choose. Mm. You don't need to search it out. You're wasting freaking years of your life unless you're really just enjoying the search and that's who you want to be is just a searcher. Great. But you get to decide who you want to be starting today. And if it's drastically different than who you're being now, then the only thing that's going to change it is you being different. There's no amount of, you have to do it. And so these tools will hopefully move you into. So we have practices. We have, you know, visualization practices at the beginning and the end of the day. We have, you know, different meditations. We have journaling. We have the support. We have all these these things, but you've got to do it every day. And that means doing and not just, you know, wizarding it. Now, again, all of those- As a a wizard, sorry to interrupt, if I'm visualizing myself uh, with working- as a coach, so I'll take a personal example here and and please coach me through this. So if I'm visualizing myself every day as a coach who works with 
uh, high performing high performing business owners, and I'm working as a health and performance coach with them. And I'm also seeing myself as a very proud and present father and husband that mm-hmm. spends lots of quality hours every day with my family doing our top core values of being out in nature and movement and love and connection. But I'm also having this amazing business as well. And I visualize that and I visualize that. And I think that's, that's the vision that I'm going to have. But then if I turn around and I work from sun up to sundown, I don't spend any quality time with my family and I'm just burning myself out. I'm not looking after my health. Then I'm not taking any action in alignment with how I envisage myself to be. Is that correct? Yes, and you're not, yes, and you're telling yourself you're not that person. So how is any wiring going to take place? It's one thing to have it in the visualization, but again, if the, and that's a conscious thing that you're doing, visualizing, you're up against your whole life of subconscious wiring too. So you have to take that visualization out into the real world. The, The visualization is there to guide you in your real world action taking, not to work some sort of, you know, energetic magic, even though it's happening, (laughs) but you don't need to understand all of that. You know, you just act with what shows up for you as a result of, of this new way of being. So if you're in your example, if you're working that there's something in your waking mind when you're not visualizing that says, no, I I really have to do this so that I can work up to being that. Well, you'll never do it Mm -hmm. because who you're being is a person who must work like that. Mm -hmm. The person who works half of that time works half of that time. And guess what? They'll figure out a way to get it done in that half a time because they know that the second half of that day is quality time with the family and it's worth it. And you want to feel good. So you make realistic decisions about what you quantitative decisions about what you're going to feel great about doing in that first half of the day. And you get it done. You'll do it in as much time as you give yourself. Mm. Yeah. What's that theory called where the you it, it expands to the time allotted? So if it's a 10 minute job, but you say, oh, I've got all, all day to do it, that 10 minute job will take you all, can take you all day or half the day. Yeah. I, I And I wish I could come up with it right now, but I mean, yeah, I didn't make that up, but <laughs> uh, that's all right. So what is it then, what's the greatest challenge for people to uh, live their vision? So if they're visualizing, is it, what do I find to be honest is people don't have clarity of who they want to be. They might think about what they want to do, but they do not have enough clarity about who they want to be. And I'm right. massive on we're human beings, we're not human doings. So let's think about and you know create your to be list, not your to do list, and mm-hmm. knowing you know your what I call your feel freaking awesome list and the things that you do to make you be the best version of yourself. So it's more about that being. Is it, do you find in your experience that most people do not have clarity? Or is it that people have the clarity and they can do the visualizations, but there's something else blocking them? What are the kind of the most common well, there, challenges with this? Yeah, the, I think the, the clarity is, is a huge piece. And a lot of times they've been telling themselves for years that they don't have clarity around it. So they're up against that because that is now a part of their wiring, their default go-to about who do I want to be is, I don't know. I've been yeah, trying to figure okay. it out for years, right? So, so here's my hack for that. So it's more like, who do you not want to be? Let's figure that out. So what we do, and this is part of the daily thing, this is the essential part of the rewiring, is you start to recognize the autopilot behaviors that you have that are not serving you, right? I react poorly in this way and the meeting always goes like that when I do or whatever, or I'm not on time to things and this happens as a result, right? We identify those things that we know we don't want to be. 
mm. because they're, we know that at least that those things are not in alignment with that person. We may not have all those details. So we just work in reverse and we start hacking away. What does it feel like to be the person who's on time? Who am I that's on time all the time? Who am I that lets that person's look on their face go right over me and no response? Who am I in these situations? And that's what, that is our process is we just look at the day ahead and we go, okay, I know I got this, I got this, I got this coming up. And, and you look for in those situations coming up, what are some potential ways I might act in autopilot that probably aren't my best in, in my best interests. And you choose that. And then you say, well, what, how would I love to be in that situation? And then you run it in your head, you visualize it because that's what this brain is here to do. We get, we wouldn't have an imagination if it wasn't there for a purpose. And it is there to help us to run these scenarios and create our reality this way. So even though we're not there having that situation, we can run it like we are, bring up the full emotion. Our subconscious doesn't know. And we're creating wiring if we do it consistently and we're not even doing the thing. And you've heard, you know, you hear about that with athletics all the time. People just rehearsing the shot, rehearsing the shot in their mind. And then just the, the, you know, how that translates to real world. It was the same thing here. On that then, if, if for people who are listening, uh, if, if they have found, so you've got this quiz and if they find themselves in one of these, what do you call them? Are they a personality type? Is it a, a label? What is it that people find? Well, I just, I just call their type, you know, their, whatever their type is. And yeah, I don't, this is the, the idea here is not to label. For sure. We don't want anybody to define themselves like in a negative way, because sometimes that really backfires. We're just showing you that this is some behavior that is autopilot for you that may not be serving you in the past and an invitation to help you change it. So I'm not a skeptic. I have behaviors of skepticism. Yeah, I'm, you not, have I'm not cool. uh, a people pleaser. I've had experiences in my life where I've pleased, made decisions to please people. So instead of saying, I am that that we switch that to say it's just a behavior that I have or I have had. So does that come in line with the meaning aspect? So we change that meaning instead of saying, I am this. I actually, yeah, I think that's huge, Brett. That's really good. I'm going to freaking steal that from you and put it on the top of each personality type result. Because I think that is key. Because as I, as I was talking to you and I just now, I said, you know, when you use the word labels, I'm like, okay, well, I absolutely don't want people to walk away from this quiz feeling labeled because I know what that does to people too. Mm. And what does that do to people in your experience? Because a lot of people now listening would be saying, but I am a people pleaser or I am a skeptic or I am a pessimist or I am a failure. Because then they justify, yeah, they justify the behavior and they just say, well, that's just who I am. 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 Just like they're like, they have no choice. If you recognize it, you have a choice. It's just not going to be easy. That's all. Not at first, because you're wired to do this. You, you got to ease into this wiring over the course of your life. And sometimes there was pain involved, et cetera, really negative, whatever. We're, we're, taking, we're taking this and being intentional about it. We're saying, no, I want this change right now. So you're going to feel it a little bit more. You're, when, you at, when you want to take an opposite reaction to what you're wired to do, it's going to seem freaking impossible, but it's not. It just seems that way because you don't have the experience doing it. And the more you do it, the more you will, your brain will change to accommodate that behavior. And look, this, if you doubt this, it's how you've learned everything. And, and if you doubt this whole idea that you can become someone new, look at who you were five years ago or 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and look at the opinions and the attitudes, the things you stood for, the behaviors you rationalized, whatever you choose. 
I promise you, you've had some significant change in your life into the core of who you be in the world. But now we're just giving you, we're just letting you know, hey, you know, you can be intentional about that if you want. It doesn't just have to happen by accident. So with these non-labels, with these types that we can find ourselves in, do people have the opportunity at the quiz website or do you offer courses or programs yeah. or anything to help? What are the the skills and tools and strategies yeah. that we can use to ensure? And out of all of these, where where do we want to be? If if someone is a people pleaser, should they try and be a wizard? No, I don't think it's anything. It's just nothing about getting to, you know, ascending or changing to a particular type. We just want you to be who you want to be. And then you can forget about this type stuff completely. You know, it's just good to help you at the beginning to recognize your autopilot behavior, but you're gotcha. here to change it. Right. So I forgot the first part that you asked because I got stuck on the second. Tools and strategies to help. Oh, yes, shift. of course. Of course. So yes, at the, at, when they take the quiz, they'll learn about our boundless living challenge. And that is the work that I do right now. That's how I work with people. And it's basically a community driven 45 day rewiring journey. So you'll have daily action steps, incorporating the things we've talked about, recognizing, you know, your autopilot behavior, doing the visualizations, giving you tools to work with when you get into that strong emotional response and the chemistry takes over and you go, I don't know if I can make this new decision. And of course, coaching, uh, we have live weekly sessions and there's the community support and so on. It's You get points as you accomplish tasks, which seems it may seem silly, but your brain loves it. We have this problem out there that people don't complete the courses, right? So we make it fun to actually go through the thing while your brain is still resisting the discomfort of the actual transformation you're, you're getting. And they'll learn all about the challenge after they take the quiz. Brilliant. Is there any breath work associated with any of the work that you do? I'm a breath work coach and uh, love that. What, what's your experience? With yes, I just I saw just, your face light up. So I'm excited to hear you, you explore this. So yes, breath has always been a part of the program. Uh, now it's getting a little more formalized because I just got certified as a breath work instructor for the Soma breath technique. And I, it's life-changing and it breath work is, is, very, very helpful in neurogenesis and any sort of brain rewiring. You get yourself into these high vibe states. You chemically, you're just ripe for suggestions of new ideas and visualizing and so on. And so I absolutely love it. So yes, it is. It's always been a part as sort of a reset during the day. I would say take 10 deep breaths. And I, this was before I even had found some, I was already doing this. And it was, it's one of the favorite things that people have as a tool is just these 10 deep, long breaths because of the reset that it does. Now, with the knowledge that I have as an instructor, I can bring way more to the table. And breath is an essential, essential aspect of this because it's free. Anybody can do it. I mean, it's huge. So, I mean, I don't have to tell you this, but yeah, breath work is awesome and definitely a part of what we do. What's the name of the technique you use? Sorry. Soma. 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 What, what does Soma involve? Is it more of the cycle breathing? Is there any it's rhythmic holes? breathing and retention and all, all of those things, but there's a whole therapy, but I mean, this, the knowledge base behind Soma is vast and the applications are vast. My personal interest in doing it is one for myself, just therapeutically knowing how to create various states, but also to guide experiences for people. Uh, these sort of awakening journeys where they they do the music and the whole thing with intention and get to experience what it is to have this, you know, when you're in the retention phase, when you're so expanded and feel connected to everything and that it didn't take a drug and it didn't take anything that you don't 
that you can't do right now. So, you know, I, I, at this point in my journey with the breath work, I'm just introducing it to people in a very excited fashion, hope, hoping they will take it on, you know, and, and continue the journey on their own. What does it do from your perspective in terms of the rewiring? Does it just, does it allow you to tap into the liminal space? Does it open up the, does it block out, sorry, these old um, labels and behaviors? Uh, are we clearing away the cortisol and increasing the noradrenaline and the the helpful, healthy DHEA that, that allows the, it gets us out of the amygdala into the prefrontal cortex? Is this all of the, what I you're I love finding? the fact that, I love how you just answered your question as you were asking. <laughs> because <laughs> that's my perspective, but I would love to hear it from yours. <laughs> no, that's that's totally <laughs> my understanding of it as well. That's mm-hmm. totally my understanding of it as well. And I have a lot more to learn before I become like a master level instructor. Um, but I but but yes, all of those things are the things that I've learned. So there's a lot of real life biology biological benefits directly related to changing your brain and rewiring. So it's 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 a very exciting thing. I, I'm I'm all about it. Why do you do what you do, Bob? Well, it obviously lights me up. There's some, you know, the the conversation around the law of attraction I did for 20 years. There's just something about honestly, I gotta tell you, Brett, because when I started my professional career, it was to be in radio, be a broadcaster, just be a goofball, do voices, voiceover. That was my jam. I had no intention or desire to help anybody with anything. But when I had my own sort of transformational epiphany, some of them were around physique and and health in general, and then to this broader conversation, there's just something because I am so driven by my desire to express myself creatively in a lot of different ways. And I've just seen that that's really the problem is people just if they're not happy, it's because there's something is blocking them from being who they know they truly want to be and expressing themselves creatively. And I know whether it was through the law of attraction or some other way that people can break free from that. So despite the fact that I didn't have any innate desire as a growing up to help people, there is something about this that I make time for. I also play the ukulele and I also, you know, uh, do the voiceover and I also do all kinds of crazy stuff. This is what I'm most known for, but I am about helping people to expand and just be everything that they can be and let go of any conversations around why they can't do that. So it, the reason I do this is because it really feels good to do it. Love that. What are you visualizing at the moment for a future version of yourself that you aren't currently living that you, so the gap between where you are and where you want to be, what does that look like for you at the moment in one area? Yeah. You're, you're asking at a time because we just sort of made this quantum leap. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm just sort of like, it, just enjoying this this new space, but I would like to be able to create a little bit more time, a little bit more options. My I've got some things like with my in my family where now my aging parents are you know that's becoming a thing, and so now I've got a new vision around. Well, who do I want to be with that? To what level do I want them take? You know, things I'd never really thought about before are happening. So there's a lot around that, and just getting back out in the world with this message. I, my partner Tracy and I we have all sorts of professional visions for things that we want to do out in the world that that aren't necessarily related to this, but still help enrich the life experience in a really sensual and yummy way. So there's there's a lot on my plate and I'm just always looking for, well, who do I need to be to get it done to the level that's going to, that, that's going to bring me that satisfaction I want. This rewiring approach, I've really just taken on for myself in the past couple of years. And it's been like such a freaking quantum leap that I can barely keep up. And that's, you know, one of the things that I love about this is that you just see things much faster because you're taking action much faster 
than waiting for some sort of sign from the universe. Is it a time factor that has allowed you to step into this? Because I've done some work with John Asaraf and I know that he came up with, so he was on The Secret as well. And he had the same experiences as you where people were just trying to manifest, just trying to manifest. I'm doing the visualization. I'm manifest. I can see it so clearly, but nothing's happening. And his term is Goya, G-O-Y-A, get off your ass, which means, you know, take the action required in alignment with that. So when I hear people like you guys that were on The Secret, so when did The Secret come out? Was it? 2005, 2006, depending on where you saw it. So 2005, 2006. Is it because neuroscience has improved as well and we're able to see a different aspect that needed to, that wasn't available back then or what it's, so that's why the secret did take off because at that time it was like, well, this is what we know and it seems to be working, but there's something else that has come since then. Yeah. I, yes. I, I don't, I don't know, but it's clear that there's a trend toward this space. A lot of law of attraction conversations seem to be evolving. Now, John, has been doing brain stuff for a while. And Joe Dispenza, of course, he's all brain stuff and it's mm. all fantastic. And I'm just, this is my approach and my voice to it. And, but I just think that, you know, again, I think there's an audience, there's a, there's people that all of us can help, but I think that it, there does seem to be just the time. You mentioned the time. Is it the time for us to start looking at it this way? To me, yes, it's a natural progression of this conversation, especially when people are kind of getting stuck in that, that, that part. The, the law of attraction part. And, you know, they have this love hate relationship with it. You know, they don't, we don't need to be stuck there. I think that this is definitely the next evolution. And then it, then it explains and makes more clear the law of attraction and the autopilotness and how much we've complicated it. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And even shifting away from, so a lot of my listeners probably haven't explored manifestation and the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. So that might not be where they're stuck, but they might be stuck in an area with their health. They might be stuck in their business. They might be stuck, you know, not knowing, well, I'm, I'm working all of these extra hours because I want to be with my family. I want to provide with my family. I want business to be better, but I'm just in this rat wheel. Like I, I just feel stuck in that way. Yeah. So what I love about this work that you're doing is a really practical sense. Like you said, with these not labels with these um, identifiers of, of where we're at at the moment, this beginning point to show, okay, maybe this is why you're stuck. Because you're a people pleaser. No, sorry. Because you have behaviors of people pleasing. Or maybe this is why you're stuck because you uh, have been seeking all of this knowledge, but you haven't been taking the action. And that's okay. So that's the acceptance piece. So I, I... I hear from what you're talking about with this consciousness is awareness, right? And we say that awareness is our superpower. So yes. for people to, what you're doing is giving them this awareness to say, awareness of this is where you're at right now. Maybe this is why you're stuck. How beautiful that you're aware of this now. You're so conscious of it. And here's the tools and strategies to help put you on that trajectory of where you really, of who you really want to be and get you out of that sort of stuck pattern. Exactly. Even if you're not clear on who that is yet, because that's very common. You mentioned it before. It's very common. And some people might be like, well, I don't want to take this on because I don't know who I want to be yet. I I promise you, there are some people who think they know who they want to be. They're going to start this process and realize it's somebody else. It's just going to happen. But you just start. You start chipping away at who do I not want to be? And then you see what shows up underneath all of that. I want to just unpack that a little bit. Is Because if you focus on who you don't want to be, 
No, I, a good I, it's not about focusing. It's about becoming aware Got That's you. The, cool. that in that moment of like, oh, I'm doing that reaction. I, it's not about focus. It's about becoming aware and with no emotional attachment, by the way, mm. the beautiful thing about what we're talking about, that first skill set we teach people, that awareness piece mm. was when you move out, go into observation mode where there is no judgment, there is no mm. time, there is no age, there is no anything. It's just whatever you are observing who you're being right now mm. with no judgment. And then basically say, All right, I'm going to take over here and make another con. Now I'm going to get conscious about the choice I make. Brilliant. Yeah, because that was what I was sort of hinting at for the listeners, that if we focus on what we don't want, then we're wasting the space and the energy to focus on what we do want. But the awareness right. of what we don't want is a great starting point to say, I don't want to be that angry, reactive father, or I don't want to be that overworked, burnt out business owner that doesn't spend time with their family. I don't want that. Okay. So right. that's a really good awareness. What do we want? Yes. So what's the opposite of that? And you go there immediately. What does it look and feel like to be the dad who has the time to be the successful, you know, have as much money or have as much time, whatever. What does that look and feel like? You're clear on what it the opposite feels like. So stop thinking about how to solve that. Stop thinking about the how. I promise you, if you haven't thought of it yet, you're not going to. The person who's going to give you that is your future you. Mm. We have this amazing ability to project ourselves into the future. We will take on the minds. It's a different mindset. You just have to try it. Be that person and just think like that person. And you may right now think, well, how would I know? How would I have access? Well, how would I? Why would I think different? Trust me. Just try it. Just try it and see what happens. I promise you, you're going to have at least a slightly different thought, a slightly different way, some idea of how you might play with it. You still might have a lot of resistance towards it, which is normal, and you shouldn't make yourself wrong for it. But taking it on little by little and just trying on new things and visual, allowing yourself to visualize it and feel it as if it's happening, because that's what gets the, th that's, it's not, that's not the magic piece on the outside like you would, like a lot of people believe the feeling as if it's, it's now you're doing stuff to your brain. Your brain is saying, oh, I'm having this experience. So it's, it's producing the right chemistry. It's doing the right biological things so that you can then, you can then take those behaviors on a more consistent basis. I love that. And you and I could nerd out on that neurochemistry and uh, allow us to understand, you know, what that's all doing. And I, I do really love that, but we don't want to confuse the message at the same time. As I hear you say that, I'm, my wife and I are, are really big on this. And in 2015, I think it was, we sat in our small two-bedroom apartment in Sydney, both employed and both enjoying the work that we did and said, right, how do we want to live our life? Say in five years' time, how do we want to live? We both said, we don't want to be employed, uh, We meaning that we wanted to be able to travel the world. We want to have kids and we want to be able to live in Sweden where she's from and in Australia if we want to or base ourselves anywhere in the world and work. And so there was a lot of changes to make to make that happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, here we are, I said before we recorded, we're now actually living in Spain for a few months and then we're going back to Sweden and we'll eventually end up back in Australia. We're 100% online. When we're in either country, we can do the in-person work where we are. But the biggest reason is for not to be this these flighty travelers, we are so present and involved in our kids' lives and we're together and we're living our values at the highest and we love the adventure and the exploration and everything and the work that we do, similar to you when I ask why you do what you do, it lights us up. We've got clients yeah. all around the world that we coach and we work with and their results and their ripple effects. So that's huge for us as well. But it was a big thing for us where, because we could have just kept visualizing that and saying, well, that's what we want. That's what we want. But we had to go through the process of 
quitting our jobs, learning the online stuff, like all of these certifications and everything like that, taking that aligned action in alignment with the true visions that lined up with our values and, and who we really wanted to be. Because that's what the future you would have to do. Exactly. To have the knowledge to do it, you'd have to do it. So this whole idea that you're going to be magically imbued with the knowledge or something, I have no idea. But there's no logic there. But of course, yeah, you got to go do it. And depending on your commitment level, you'll get right to it and you'll spend as many hours. And again, it's like if it brings you joy, if it's in alignment with, boy, this is really going to help me, you'll spend time will go by like that. Absolutely. Speaking of time going by like that, I'm very mindful of time and we'll have to uh, let you go and spend that amazing time with Tracy that we talked about offline that you're going to do today. Mm-hmm. But before we go, what's three key things? We've been over a lot of things, but what are what's three key points that you'd like to leave with the listeners to to help them take action? We're talking about here to help them take yep. action in alignment with their uh, their lives today. What's the action they can take today? in alignment with who they want to be? What are three key points? Well, the first key point is you got to learn where you are now. So take the quiz or whatever, but, but learn where your starting point. And then you want to analyze the gap between who you're being now and this vision of, you know, who you want to be, identify those behaviors so that you can make, so that you have an array of choices to make different choices over your autopilot responses. Okay, so getting clear, at least some level of clarity about who you want to be and or or noticing, you know, the things that you don't. And the basic idea is you got to start getting that vision so that you can create new choices. And the third is you got to make you got to act on those choices. So the first part is, you know, the the becoming aware of where you are. The second part is the visualizing part. Then the third part is now you have to be it. You have to go take action in alignment with the visualization that you've created because you're preparing your brain. If you do it correctly, you're preparing your brain to make the action easier. That's why you repeat it and repeat it and repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. Make it bigger, but, you know, make it even more challenging. You get to make it as whatever. You get to do whatever over and over and over so that when you get there in that moment, it's like, what do I do? Right. You just act on the choice you have made and rehearsed. So awareness of where you're at now, visualize who you want to be in the future. And the third one is take aligned action in alignment with that version. Right. Brilliant. I love it. And that's the, in Australia, what we would say is, uh, what are you after and what are you going to do about it? Right. So simple, right? <laughs> That's the thing. I'm telling you, man, it's so simple. This whole thing is so logical. And yet we have to go through layers of stuff just to get to the, oh, you mean if I want something, I have to take action to get it. That's it's like the most basic thing in the world. And yet we have to do it this way because of our wiring. Of our wiring. Exactly yes. right. Because we are human beings and that's what we do. All right, Bob, very mindful of time. Where can the listeners uh, learn more about you? So where's the best place to find you on your website and social media, et cetera? And then how can I and the listeners help you on your journey? Well, my my, I'm very easy to find. I'm all over the place because I've been online forever. But meetbobdoyle.com is basically your hub for all things Bob. And then we talked about the quiz at tptquiz.com. And that'll lead you into a lot of stuff that I'm up to. But those two, those two and there's a general search on Facebook and Instagram. I'm there. It's easy. Meetbobdoyle.com. Yes. Very good. Is there anything else you would like to leave with the listeners before you go? No, I just hope that, you know, if they they can get through, if if just by the end of today, if they can have one sort of awareness moment on an autopilot behavior, I will feel like our work has been done here. 
Brilliant. Bob, you're a legend. You are taking aligned action to make this world a much better place. You are a living, breathing example of an optimistic lover of life. And I resonate with you highly. Keep shining your impactful light to the world, my man. Thank you, Brett. I appreciate being here. Boom. There you go. What a legend. And did I not say in the intro that Bob has an amazing voice to listen to, a very good voice for radio, as I learned on there that that's where his career started. So remember the three key takeaways. Take the quiz to gain that awareness and that consciousness of where you are. Number two is start to visualize and create an abundance of clarity on the version of the person who you want to be. And then number three is take the aligned action in alignment with that version. Don't have a visual image or an idea of who you want to be and then turn around and do the opposite to that. Remember, that is rewiring you to go in the opposite direction. Make sure you follow Bob online at meetbobdoyle.com and take that quiz if you didn't pause during that, tptquiz.com. And what I would love is if you did take that quiz, actually, you will take that quiz afterwards if you really want to make some change. When you take the quiz, shoot me an email, info at brettrobbo.com or tag me on social media or send it to me on social media at Brett Robbo Coach on Instagram or Brett Robbo Coach on Facebook or even feel free to tag Bob and I and, and let us know. Where are you at? Where has your awareness put you? Are you the seeker? Are you, sorry, you are not that version. Is there behaviors of the seeker? Do you have behaviors of a people pleaser? Do you have behaviors of skepticism? Do you have behaviors of the wizard? Where are you? I would be really interested. What I find is that I'm definitely in the wizardry component and it didn't surprise me at all when Bob was talking about it because uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in and seeker of wisdom and I'm huge on taking aligned action as you heard me talking about with Bob. So I would love to hear where you're at and what are you after and what are you going to do about it? And just remember that if you're enjoying this episode, if you've enjoyed any of these episodes, please share it around. Please jump on and give it a five-star rating and review so we can keep attracting amazing guests like this. Keep thriving, legends. And as always, remember, this is your life journey, your life of impact.